You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. significant word in the text is precept. Literally, precept is something taught. Something taught. A person that is being taught acquires knowledge and understanding. Knowledge and understanding equates wisdom. When you acquire something, it means that you get it. You get it. You're not confused by it. You, you get it. And one of the reasons that when it comes to God's precepts that he gives us knowledge and understanding is that he wants us to grasp what he's revealing. The Lord does not want us to leave here ignorant. Does not want us to leave here confused. But want us to leave knowing that what was said was not just a saying, but it was something that has the capacity to change our lives for the better. And one of the things that I want to do week in and week out is make sure you get it. I'm going to make sure you receive knowledge and understanding in order for your life to be transformed. How many are still understanding? Now, precepts from a theological standpoint is God's appointed, revealed, and fixed mandate. God's appointed, reveal, and fixed mandate. God appoints a word that we deem our rhema week in and week out. He appoints something for his children week in and week out. I said he appoints something for you week in and week out. Minister so-and-so needs such and such. Sister so-and-so needs such and such. Brother so-and-so needs such and such. And that's what he appoints. But he not only appoints it, he, he reveals it to the point to where 
when it's released, you know it's for you. I said, you know it's for you. Because, again, it's not only upon it, it's revealed. He reveals what you've been praying about. He reveals what you've been questioning him about. And, and again, it's fixed. When God releases his precepts, he releases them in order to do exactly what he ordained them to do. They're fixed. They cannot change because they are part of him. And God changes not according to Malachi 3 and 6. That's the reason Isaiah said in Isaiah 55 that once he sends forth his word, and his word equates his precepts, once he sends forth his word, it will not return unto him void. What is it going to do? Everything that he ordained for it to accomplish. It's going to fulfill purpose. Nothing nor nobody can stop it. If God has determined to bless you, when he sends forth his word, it's going to be sent to bless you. Now, the only one that can hinder, alter, or stop it is you. And if you don't receive what God has ordained for you to have, it's not going to return unto him. He's just going to simply give that blessing or that benefit to somebody else. I said he's just going to give that blessing or that benefit to somebody else. Remember in scripture, he, he had gave talents. He gave one person five, one person uh, two and one person one. The person with the one talent wouldn't use it. And so what he did, he didn't take it back to himself. He gave that particular talent to the person that had five talents. Once God sends forth his word, it's not going to return unto him empty or void. It's going to accomplish. So if you don't want what God has ordained for you to have, he'll give it to somebody else that desires it. But it's not going to return unto him void or empty. Are you still with me? And, and when it comes to his precept, it is authoritative to the point to where it is an order of God. Or basically a mandate of God. God makes it his business to send forth precepts in seasons. To send forth a word that the climate of the day cannot change. Bottom line, if God says that you're going to be healed and you receive that word of healing, does not matter what any doctor says. He can be a specialist in his field. Does not matter. If God said you're going to be healed, you're going to be healed. Now, on the other side of that, if God says it's your time to come to help, you can be a healthy person. But if it's your time to go, you're going to leave. 
Because once God sends forth his mandate or his authoritative order, that's what's going to manifest. That's what's going to take place. Are you still with me? And, and I want to just look at uh, God's precepts based upon the scripture. Just want to look at just a couple of his precepts based upon the scripture of what the Bible says about his precepts. You ready? Let's start in uh, Psalm 111. Let's consider Psalm 111. Verse 7. Ready? The works of his are God's hands are verity and justice. All his precepts are sure. All his precepts are another word for sure is guaranteed. All of his precepts are sure or guaranteed. That means if God tells you something, he's going to do it. And a lot of us have been Christian long enough to know that, that God does what he says. Paul understood it when he penned in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. All of the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Jesus himself said in Matthew 24 and 35, heaven and earth shall pass, but not God's word. His word is sure. His word is sure. And, and sometimes we allow our flesh to say otherwise. You got to put your flesh on the subjection when your flesh is trying to tell you what God said is not going to happen. God going to do what he said. I said God going to do what he said. If he said he was going to turn things around for you, it's not going to be on your timetable, but he going to do it. When you get to thinking, well, it ain't happening yet, put your flesh under subjection and, and know that it's going to happen, but it's going to be in his time. Don't allow your flesh to mess you up. Don't allow your flesh to cause you to miss your blessing and it end up in the lap of walk. I said, don't allow your flesh to mess you up and your blessing end up in the lap of the hand of walk. Why pastor got all that? Because it, it was meant for so, so and so and brother so and so. They didn't want it so God decided to give it to him. But he already got stuff. Read your Bible. I just told you. There was one that had five talents, one that had two, one that had one. When the one didn't do right, who did the Lord give it to? The one with the five. You hear me? Put your flesh where? On the subjection. And know that if God told you something, he going to do it. Because his precepts are sure. Remember what Moses told uh, the children of Israel? God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. Has he not said it? Will he not do it? Will he not bring it to pass? God going to do what he said. It, it took me a long time to, to know that and not question it. Simply because I wasn't putting my flesh under subjection. See, the flesh is in contrast to the spirit. 
The flesh going to always tell you that, that what God promised is not going to happen or is not real. That's going to always be. That's the reason it's important to read Romans 7, the 7th chapter and the 8th chapter. It talks about uh, the contrast that goes on between the flesh and the spirit. Then Paul took it further in the book of Galatians, the 5th the chapter. When, when the Galatians was operating in foolishness to the point to where they got out of the will of God and started believing somebody else. You never want to do that. You want to make sure you always keep your flesh under subjection and receive the precepts of God. Remember the precepts, that which is taught. And receive it because it's, it's word. I'm not asking you to receive Walker 102 and 3. No, everything I'm teaching you is going to be based upon Scripture. That's all I'm asking you to do. If it's based upon Scripture, put it into action. Watch. I don't want to mess you up. I want you to be blessed. I want you to be the head, not the tail, the live above only and never beneath. There are some preachers that don't study because they don't care whether folks receive or not. They just want to check. See, now you're looking at me like, I, like, like I'm talking just to talk. You know some folk are in ministry and other stuff just for a check. Right? Now, let's consider... Psalm 119. I want to look at a verse in it too. Concerning God's precept. Let's go back to Psalm 119. And I want you to consider verse 104. Ready? Psalm said, through your precepts, I get understanding. One thing that understanding equates is, is meaning. See, see, God's word is valuable to the point to where it will bring meaning to your life. It'll bring meaning to your situation. God, God can say something to you and, and all, of, all of a sudden you start looking at yourself different. Because his precepts give understanding. They, they cause you to look at your life completely different. You can come in here down, but then the word can, can come forth and something can be dropped in your being. And all of a sudden, you're, you're looking at yourself in a totally different way. And when you start looking at yourself in a totally different way, it'll transform your thinking, followed by what you say. And lastly, you'll start doing things in a different way. Why? Because the word just gave meaning to your life. Why is that? Because the word, in one sense, represents God's breath. And when God breathes on you, there's no way you can continue down the same path you were on. No way when God breathes on you and you allow that breath to saturate your being that you can continue to think 
talk and do as if you don't know God. Knowing God will change your life for the better. Am I right? That's the reason some of us, we gave up stuff that folk thought we never would give up. God breathed on us and we had to get rid of the alcohol. He breathed on us and we had to sever certain relationships. Because when he breathed on us, it caused meaning to come forth in our life to the point to where we start looking at our surroundings, looking at our relationships in a totally different way. And recognize, I don't need to be around this person. This person ain't taking me nowhere. I don't need to be drinking and doing all of this stuff. This stuff is not doing anything to me but killing me. Walker, how you quit doing what you do? And God breathed on me. And it changed my life for the better. I hear you in church now. You religious? No, I ain't religious. I got a relationship with Jesus. He changing my life for the better. Man, you don't even talk like you used to talk. I don't talk like I used to talk because I've been setting up under a word that's been giving me knowledge and understanding concerning the precepts of God. It makes a difference. And and see, it made a difference in the life of the psalmist. Because notice what he he says in the latter part here of uh, Psalm 119, 104. Notice what he said. After he he talked about getting understanding from God's precept, he then turned around and said, I hate every false way. And sometimes that means you you hate yourself or you hate what you're involved in. Yeah. Because when God gives you understanding about certain things, you, you start hating what you do. Yeah. You start hating on yourself. David so hated on himself to where he got to preaching to himself. He he got to preaching to himself one time in the psalm and and said to himself, So, why you cast down? Why you depressed? Why you acting the way you act? It don't look like that. We talk to ourselves every now and then. Watch this. Show of hands. How many of you ever talk to yourself? You ever criticize yourself? And some folks tell you, it ain't good to be critical of yourself. When you need to criticize yourself, do it. When you know you messed up, criticize yourself. Preach to yourself. He said, I hate every false way. I've said to myself on occasion, how could you be so stupid? You said that? Yeah, to myself. You know you didn't have no business saying that, Walker. Now y'all think I'm crazy because I talk to myself. Say to your neighbor, sometimes you have to put yourself down. 
in order to build yourself up. The Bible says it a different way. Lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset you. What's in your way that's messing you up? Who in your way that's messing you up? And sometimes the who is you. I said sometimes the who is you. I got to move on and look at somebody and just ask him or her, have you ever messed up yourself? Don't we talk about, well, let me think about it. You ain't got to think about that. You ain't got to think about that. With your proper self. You know you mess yourself up. Well, I don't know. I, 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 I. You, you better quit all that proper stuff. You know you done mess yourself up. Old saints used to say, not my brother, not my sister, it's me, it's me. And, and some folk who used to shift in the blame, it's hard for them to do that. But when you learn how to deny yourself, that's, the, that's one of the first principles you learn in reference to being Christian. Jesus himself looked at his disciples and said, look, if y'all coming after me, first thing I need you to do, deny yourself. Because he knew that when it came to Peter, James, John, uh, Judas, the rest of them, that he had some folk with some nasty and dangerous attitudes. And some of us before Christ. Woo! God, God from Zion. Some of you, I can just imagine, you used to be a mess. Oh, Lord, now I done offended you. Well, let's just go ahead and set the record straight. Who in here beside me, you used to be a mess? I heard somebody say a hot mess. Some of us was a balling mess. <laughs> but you have to learn to hate false ways. I started hating stuff that, that when I found out that it was messing me up. And that included myself. To the point where I had to deny myself. And start following Jesus. And, and so the psalmist, back in Psalm 119, 173, look, look what he said. He said, I've chose your precepts. I chose them. That, that means that first, he made God's precepts his preference. See, we are free moral agents. We, we got a right to choose whatever. Amen. I used to get mad when folk chose other than Jesus, but, but you're free moral agents. If you want to choose that, that's, that's up to you. 
Now, I'm going to tell you the truth, but if you want to choose that, that's up to you. You end up in hell, you ain't going to be looking for me there because I told you the <laughs> truth. Yeah, because some preachers won't tell folk the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Even if you don't want to do the truth, you need to know the truth. Yes, you do. You need to know the truth. You need to know the truth, and sometimes the truth hurts. It'll expose you. But, it, but it's better to know it instead of, instead of covering it up, trying to fix it. And, and so he made God's precepts his preference. He was going to put God's precepts before all others. Going to line up with the word. The first and great commandment. Which is to love the Lord your God with all of your being. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. He, he made up in his mind he was going to put into action a New Testament precept. Matthew 6 and 33. He was going to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Going to make sure that he put God first in his life. He chose to do this. And, and that's what I have chosen to do. I, I'm, I'm not a perfect person. You're not either. But we done made up in our mind. We're going to put God first. We're going to put God first. Now, we don't always put God first. I said, we don't always put God first. Because sometimes we'll mess up. But when you reel with God, you strive to put him first, not just on Sunday. Every day. And when you mess up, you know how to ask for forgiveness and repent or turn. And start back following his ways or his precepts. How many are still with me? So, so he chose. He chose. And, and when you choose God over others, eventually you make the relationship you have with God exclusive. That means he is your only God. You're not looking for another God. You're not looking for another way. You're not looking for another set of precepts, principles, or rules. You done made up in your mind that, that your life is going to be based upon the written and revealed word of God. You ain't searching the internet to see if it's a better way. You done made up in your mind, God is my God. He is exclusive. I, I, he is the soul. God in my life. I don't need no other God. I don't need no little God's. He is my God. Yeah. How many of you done made up in your mind? This is what you're going to live by. 
That, that means when you get bad news, you're going to handle it based upon what your God said. That means if you're going to go and possess this, that, and the other, you're going to possess it based upon what your God said. That means if, if, if you're going to do this, that, or the other, you're going to base whatever it is upon what thus says your God. Why? Because your relationship with him is exclusive. You don't do anything without acknowledging him. You understand Proverbs 3, 5 and following that you are not to lean to your own understanding, but you are to trust in God with all of your heart. And to do otherwise you know it is evil. It's evil. You're not going to do it. You done made up in your mind. Well if I'm going to get the car it's going to be because God going to direct me to it. Well if we going to get the house it's not going to be based upon what we got in the bank or what they'll say. It's going to be based upon what God telling us to do. And when you live such a lifestyle, it says that you have an exclusive relationship with God. And some folk would think you crazy when, when you tell them that you're going to have to pray about it. You're going to have to pray about it. What that got to do with this? It's got everything to do with it because I don't do anything without him telling me. You're going to see if he want you to. What do you mean? Ain't you a grown person? You're a grown woman. Why you got to see where somebody goes? Because I have an exclusive relationship with my God. I don't want to make a step without him telling me the direction I need to go in. And so the psalmist had chose God's precepts. And in choosing God's precepts, it's important to understand, based upon that, why he said what he said in the first part of Psalm 119 and 173. Look at what he said. Now keep in mind, he, he done chose God's precepts. And so he said again in Psalm 119 and 173. Let your hand become my help. I done chose your precepts. Let your hand become. Let it exist. Let it, let it manifest help for me. Your hand. And of course, he wasn't talking about God's literal hand because God, based upon the text, represents not Jesus the man, but God or Jehovah the Spirit. Lines up with John 4, 22 and following, which says in part, God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth he was talking to the invisible God but he knew God had 
a hand. Hand in scripture represents a number of things. I want to only want to talk about two things that God's hand represent that pertain to the text. The first thing that God's hand represents is God's power. God's power. You holding on? When it comes to the power of God, God has the capacity to do anything save fail. Look at somebody and just say to him, God has the capacity or the ability to do anything save fail. A root meaning of fail is to disappoint. God won't disappoint you. I said, God will not disappoint you. Now, you may be disappointed that God didn't do certain things the way you wanted him to do it. But that's not God disappointing you. The shortcoming is in you and not him. If, if God tells you he's going to do something, it's not going to end up in disappointment. Because if it ends up in disappointment, it says that God done failed. I said, if it ends up in disappointment, it says that God has failed. And if God fails, he ain't real. Because if he fails, that means he does change. That means his promises are not sure. They're not guaranteed. See, somebody going through something right now, you, you have to understand, as long as you stay in the will of God, he's not going to disappoint you. Now, you may go through trials, tribulations, and troubles, but God not going to disappoint you. See, even when you go through trouble, that, that does not mean God going to disappoint you. God is the author and the finisher. He gonna make of your faith. He gonna make sure that it turn out the way it's supposed to turn out. You may experience a whole lot of stuff going through the process that God will have you go through, but God is not gonna disappoint you. Again, as a human, you may not like the process. You may not like step two. You may love step four. You may shout about step four. But you may not love step seven. Step ten, you may leap for joy about. Thing I'm telling you, God will allow you to go through a process, but he will not disappoint you. Again, because if he disappoints you, it says that he has failed. God is not going to fail you. All you have to do is stay in the will of God. Well, it seems like it's just coming to my mind. It ain't going to work out. That's a lie. That's a lie coming to your mind. That is a lie coming to your mind. And according to John 8 and 44, that means a demon of the devil himself is playing with your mentality. 
It is going to work out. Because God can't disappoint. He can do everything, say, fail. God asks questions like, is it anything to all of them? But you said you could do something that man can't do. Is it anything to all of them? But if you're going to cause this to happen, that ain't never been done before. Well, I'm creator. I done caused a whole lot of things to happen that ain't never happened. That's who he is. He's creator. If he created, that means he can cause to happen things that have never happened to you before. Never been a millionaire, but then he said, boom, millionaire. Never had a hundred thousand dollars in your hand, but then he said, boom, here you go. Hundred thousand. Never happened before. How it happened? God. Never possess your own house. Professionals told you you never would. But then God gave you your key to the front and the back door. Though he used somebody else. Why? He created it. And he's still creator. He can do anything save faith. But don't believe the lie that the devil, demons of folk tell you. Always know who has the final say. God has the final say. That's the reason the Bible calls him the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. Why does he have the final say? Because what he said in the beginning happened. And at the conclusion of everything, what he says is going to manifest. God has the final say. Somebody receiving this. Somebody, this is your rhema. Where you at? Let me see your hand. I need to see who I'm talking to because the Holy Ghost is working on somebody. And so, he needed God's hand, his power. I could put my name in that verse. Lord, I need your hand. I need your power. But his hand does not only represent his power, it represents his guidance. See, there are folks that have power. But they don't know how to use it. So, so God said, look, I'm not just going to give you my power. Or I'm not just going to use my power. I'm going to give you guidance. And, and this is what is just so amazing. That, that we really need to understand as Christians. When God gives us guidance. He gives us guidance. About everything. Everything. John 16 and 13 says, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you. Didn't say in some truth. Didn't say spiritual truth. He said, all 
true. That, that means if you tip, this is what you need to do. I'm going to know if you're lying or not. You didn't like that. If you're trying to tell me I need to do something, the Holy Spirit going to let me know if you're lying or not. If he going to guide me into what? Pastor, you really need to go there, such and such, such, such. Well, let me, let me just see what the Holy Ghost is saying. What the Holy Ghost say, I don't need to go, so that's a lie. Ain't no need in you getting offended because you don't know all truth. The Holy Ghost know what? He'll guide you into what? Don't ever take somebody's word without the Holy Ghost verifying. As smart as your cousin is, and you talk about how intelligent your cousin is, your cousin does not know everything. The only one that knows everything, help me, is the Holy Spirit, or God. He'll guide you in how much truth? How much truth? How much truth? And what does truth do? John 8, 31, 32 says it'll make you. That means it'll change your life. You will always be in a place of prosperity if you follow truth. You can be going through tribulations, but if you follow truth, you're still going to be free. It, it, it's nothing like having a free mind. You know what I'm saying? And truth will free your mind. But truth will also free you out of whatever is trying to wrap you up or tie you up. The truth will make you what? If something is holding you down, the only thing you got to do is ask the Holy Spirit, how in the world I'm going to get out of this? And he's going to tell you. I was so broke, broke wouldn't even be a good word for my situation. Yeah, that's that broke, broke, broke. I have been so depressed to where just saying I was a manic depressed wouldn't even be a good word. They, they hadn't even made a word for how depressed I was, I don't believe. And that's my opinion. And then some of us look at our life and say, well, you know, if anybody had been in a worse situation than me, Concerning such and such and such and such. I don't know that person. That's how you look at your life. Because when it's happening to you. It feels as if nobody is going through what you're going through. But no matter what. May have had you wrapped up, tied up and tangled up. Or may have you wrapped up, tied up and tangled up. The truth will free you. I'm going to tell you how powerful the truth is. That, there were some things that I was into I never thought I would get out of. Am I the only one? Certain things that, that, that it could have been just your mind in something so deep to where you thought you would never be able to, to break that, that hold that was on your mind. But then when you heard truth, it completely freed you. Then some of us, you know how some folks say, well, you know, I'm living from paycheck to paycheck. We would have been happy to live from paycheck to paycheck. We would have been happy just to be able to do that. But that wasn't the case with some of us. 
We, were, we was in dire straits when it came to our financial situation. But then the truth came. If you just give, it'll be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And you just kept believing Luke 6 and 30 helped me. You just kept believing it and you kept putting it into action. And little by little, you start seeing the process of how God was blessing you. Good measure. Then they turn around and, and cause it to be pressed down. Then shaken together or running over. But let me break it down a little bit more. All of a sudden, you, 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 can't, even, you can't even get food, keep food in the refrigerator. Can't even keep it in the refrigerator. But then all of a sudden you started giving. You didn't have nothing but a few pennies to give. And, and you tithe. Or God's tithe. And so you started giving that. And then God started just sending things your way. Directly and indirectly. Folk come up to you just doing this, that, and the other. Then all of a sudden you, you shouting about a $5 bill you got from somebody. Why, you ain't used to having no $5 bill. Somebody come up to you and they just give you a whole thing of just coins. You ain't got nothing but coins. And, and most of them is pennies, but it's a few dimes and, and, and nickels. And, and then you see three old quarters up in there too. You shouting about that. Why? You ain't used to seeing no money on, on a Wednesday. You're not no money. Now you got some change that you can put in your pocket. Can I just be real with you? I'm talking about my story. Y'all don't know my story. But it ain't just my story. Some of us know when we didn't have nothing but somebody messed around and was led by God to put some change in our pocket. Didn't we shout about having that change in our pocket? You adding up stuff when you go to the grocery store because you ain't got but seven dollars. Oh God, I hope these poking beans on sale. Oh Lord, let the poking beans be on sale. If I can get the poking bean and some black eyed peas, and Lord, I hope that, that, that they got some with that slice of bacon in there. But this seven dollars ain't gonna get no ground beef. And so you're trying to figure out how to spend that seven, but then you get to church and somebody done bless you with $37. Oh, you go back to the grocery store, you walking in like you got a pile of money. $37. What's happening? God's hand is helping you. I never forget I had somebody tell me, I'm, I got $40 I'm going to give you. It ain't much, but uh, I hope it can do it. I'll be like, $40? Good. God. Man, I ain't had $40 in a long time. Lord, I can go and get me another shirt. I just got two shirts. I can buy me a shirt now. God's.
See, some folk talk the word just to talk. And that's reading that it's a religious thing, but I'm telling you, this works. It transforms lives for the better. Jesus meant it when he said in John 10, 10, the thief comes not before the steal, kill, and destroy. But I, I done come so you can have life and you can have it more abundantly. Who are you, Jesus? I'm the good shepherd. I laid down my life for you walk. Paul Penn, he became poor. Why? So you could be rich. So you wouldn't have to lack. So you could come from being the tail to the head. Come from living beneath to living above only. Lord have mercy. In my clothes. He wanted God's hand. He wanted his power and his guidance to help him. One definition for help that's in line with the season that we're in. To make things better. That's what help means, to make things better. I said to make things better. When God is on your side or God is with you, you never allow worse to intimidate you. Because God came to make things better. You never allow trials to dictate to you how things are going to turn out. Because God came to make things better. You never allow the fact of the truth that you ain't got but a few nickels in your pocket. God came to make things better. And he got examples in this church of how he can make things better. And he, want, he, he, he didn't just come to do it for Barry D. Walker. It, John 3.16 does not say God so loved Barry Walker that he died for Barry Walker. No, he so loved the world. John 10 and 10 does not say God came to give Barry Walker abundant life. No, he came that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. Will you help me preach to somebody? I don't know what you're going through. God came to make your life better. Don't you get out of the will of God. Don't you do what folk are telling you to do. Stay in the will of God. God came to make things better for you. God came to make things better for you. Help me preach it to two more folk. God came to make things better for you. How many receive? I'm done. Let's give the Lord a big. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.